The human-animal bond has never been more important than today. This week, we're going to have a detailed discussion of what you need to know about the human-animal bond and how this can help us all in veterinary medicine on The Veterinary Viewfinder. Welcome back to The Veterinary Viewfinder the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine. We're not going to talk about coronavirus today because Becky has explicitly forbidden me from talking about coronavirus and COVID-19. And we are going to talk about sort of um, an unanticipated consequence of the lockdown, stay at home, work from home coronavirus pandemic. And that is the raising of awareness around the value of sharing your home with a dog or a cat or a companion animal. The human-animal bond has probably never been more important and in focus, and this week we are so happy to bring to you an expert in the field. But before we get into all of that, as always, I am one of your co-hosts, Dr. Ernie Ward. And I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser. And today we have a friend and a colleague and the current and brand new shiny president of the Human and Animal Bond Association, Dr. Laird Goodman. Dr. Laird, thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having me on. And Laird, I will tell you, I am eternally jealous of your name. Ever since I first became acquainted with you many moons ago, you're like, you've got a badass name, man. I mean, come on, Laird, Dr. Laird. <laughs> like Laird Hamilton, the surfer. Exactly, exactly. And I got Dr. Ernie, hi. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dr. you know, your background is as distinguished as your name is in this nice. industry. Uh, you know, we, we, you have experience all the way from industry to ownership to, you know, now you're president of the Human Animal Bond Association. So give us a little bit about your background and um, kind of how you, you got to where you are today and all the way up to that whole animal human-animal bond part. Yeah, Laird, what have you not done in animal industry? Well, uh, quite a bit less than you, Ernie. Um, but <laughs> no, uh, no way. That, that being said, yeah, I, um, I hail from Duluth, Minnesota. And, um, you know, my, my experience, uh, you know, it was friends and colleagues that kind of opened my eyes to um, the human-animal bond. I guess it's, it's like all of us in this profession. It's, it's why we got involved in this profession. And um, as I, as my career developed, it, it actually became kind of the, I'm going to say the most important thing, even before I could define it, um, I was amazed at the, the relationship that people had with their animals and, and how varied it was. I mean, because it's different for everybody, but uh, just how powerful that bond was in families and with individuals. Um, we've all seen it. I mean, the, there's been situations where pets are are simply um, companions, which is no small thing in itself, but um, also where they're, they're, they're actually family members or um, the most beloved um, uh, living being in, in a person's life and uh, sometimes even being life-saving uh, for some of our clients. So it, it's always just fascinated me. Um, so yeah, I've just uh, been involved in this space for, for quite a few years and, uh, and, and it's, it's been kind of a passion of mine. Laird, you and I are, you know, of a similar vintage and we, we did come along right at the transition period, in my opinion, from when, you know, pets really became a part of the family, as you've already mentioned. I mean, we, we really, you know, both of us grew up in rural backgrounds. And so most of the animals that we encountered were like in the yard, in the fields, in the barn. 
And, you know, we were right at that transition in the 80s when suddenly people were opening their homes to their dogs and cats and whatever critters, right? I mean, so we've seen that transformation. In your opinion and experience, you know, how does that translate to today's young generation of pet owners? They've only known dogs that sleep in beds, for example. How has that changed the relationship that we have with animals? Well, you know, Ernie, you're you're exactly right. I mean, we've we've been we've seen it from the early stages, and and this this uh, connection with with people and pets has just grown. Um, the human animal bond has grown. I, you know, when I was uh, in college, I think I knew I wanted to be a veterinarian from the time I was uh, in, in middle school. But my mom, who was a nurse, she really wanted me to be a real doctor, and so she right. kept pushing, pushing, pushing that way. But in college, um, I came home one weekend, my 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 granny, who was a North Dakota girl, farm girl, you know, she, we were sitting on the couch and she was talking to me about, uh, you know, had I decided between human medicine and veterinary medicine. And I, I told her, I said, yeah, granny, I, I, I definitely am going the route of veterinary medicine. And, and, um, she, um, she said to me being a farm girl, you know, she, she grabbed my hand and she started patting it and she said, Oh, Laird, that's fabulous. That's wonderful. I'm so glad. So you'll be taking care of horses, cows, pigs, and such. And I said, no, Granny, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, be a, a small animal veterinarian. I'm gonna take care of dogs and cats. And she stopped patting my hand, and she looked at me with this <laughs> concerned look in her eye, and she said, "How are you gonna make a living doing that?" <laughs> and and so th- this isn't getting to answer your question, but I, I mean, it's just you know that was her paradigm, and the paradigm right. has, has right. shifted so much over the years, and and we've been, you know, because of how old we are, um, <laughs> we've seen it all, but. Um, yeah, what, what I've noticed is um, that the, the millennials are, have taken on that, that concept of how important pets are in, in their lives. Um, it, it's just grown. Um, they have, you know, what, what used to be a client who maybe had a very deep connection to their pet but didn't have the money to take care of it in the way that they, they wanted to, um, they've, uh, they felt guilty about it. Millennials are in that position, but they still, even if they don't have the money, this is such an important uh, part of my life and, and a, a member of my family that I am going to find the money one way or another. Right. And so right. Um, they, they, definitely, uh, they, they definitely have carried the torch and, and, and this, this concept of, of the human animal bond just keeps growing. Which kind of, I do want to get more into your recent work here, but but I want to stick on this for just a second because obviously we're in an unprecedented, stressful time. Right. Uh, I don't say this to Becky, but you know, when we talk about times of coronavirus, I mean, we've seen it amplified, right? I mean, right. the homes that people share with dogs and cats, they seem to be doing better, you know, at least from what I see on, on Instagram and Facebook, right? I mean, right. you know, they're able to do things, interact, and we're seeing a surge in fostering and adoption. So, I mean, I think people are catching on. On the other side of this, Laird, I mean, you know, some of us in the community are starting to worry now, okay, are these people going to sort of have this pandemic hangover and when they have to go back to work and they're going to go, oh no, you know, I don't have the time to take care of this dog. I mean, what are some of the things that you're doing and how can we sort of prevent that surge or resurge and, you know, returns? Right. Well, you know, Ernie, you're, you're talking to the eternal optimist here. So I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think that people are, I mean, there might be individual instances sure. of people returning pets, that kind of thing, or, or oh, my cat's going to give me uh, coronavirus or something like that. But right. for the most part, I think people are going to, um, understand and experience what we intuitively have known 
for a long time, those in the profession and those with pets, that, that pets give us this, this tremendous uh, psychological and emotional uh, benefit. And uh, what a lot of people don't know is they also give us a physical benefit, but, right. but just that emotional and psychological benefit, they're going to experience that. They're going to love it. People that weren't too into cats that are fostering a cat are going to be into cats and they're going to like, I can't give up my cat just like I couldn't give up my child. Yep. And Laird, I'm, I'm 100% in agreement with you. I think what I love about what you're doing now in your new role is the fact that you will have the platform to get these messages out there because I want to stay one step ahead of this. You know, those those young pet parents, maybe it's their first real pet, you know, and they adopted it during this time or whatever. I want to make sure that they understand that, hey, everybody struggles with this. I mean, you know, dealing with a new animal in your life, you know, it's a challenge at times. And so you're going to get through this. There are so many tremendous benefits to this that, you know, I just want us to stay ahead of that message because, right. you know, we're, we're hearing it already, you know, sort of the sep- the separation anxiety surges and all that kind of stuff. But right. And you're, you're the right person, in my opinion, to do this. So maybe talk to us a little bit about what you're doing now with the human animal bond, you know, tell us how you landed there and what some of your objectives are over the next couple of years. Yeah. So the landing thing, you know, I, I, I spent, uh, boy, 13 years on the Oregon Humane Society board. And from there went to Delta Society, which is now Pet Partners, right. another human animal bond board. Um, and then from there to, to this organization. Um, I think, you know, you, you raised some great points, Bernie, and, and we need to, as, a, as an organization, we need to get that message out uh, to people. But I think, as you said, um, this is like, uh, any other relationship, uh, whether it be uh, a romantic relationship or having children, that it's not all a bed of roses. That there are times when uh, you know you're going to have you're going to have challenges, and you just uh, that's part of the experience. And it doesn't take away from all the positive benefits. So, um, so we we do have uh, um, you know typically we're reaching our members, and we're we're a big part of our our existence is continuing education. So we continue to have um, CE opportunities at BMX, at WBC, and AVMA. Uh, Along with that, we have a newsletter and um, our website, which Becky, who uh, um, she was instrumental in getting our our website into the 21st century and and, and up to date, um, we're going to have the availability to, um, and she can speak more of this, more to this, but uh, we'll have the ability to get uh, messages out, messaging out uh, with this and other things as well. Yeah. So Becky, of, of the 10,029 things you're doing, this is another <laughs> one. What are you doing to kind of get that message out? Because you, we've had this discussion before. Yeah. I and, mean, you know, the thing about it is, is the messaging is really important because one, I don't know that people realize that the Human Animal Bond Association exists. And and that's partially because there has been a name change over the years that made them the Human Animal Bond Association. That was more of an of a all-encompassing term for who they are and, and what they represent. Um, and, and so frequently what we hear is, oh, Habri. And we're like, yeah, right. no, Habba. And so the human animal bond research initiatives have done a wonderful job of getting kind of out in front and getting a great name recognition. But unfortunately, people don't necessarily understand that we are separate organizations. And I think, you know, you've got to have in this day and age, it's about social media and outreach and being really public facing. 
and having an engaging and interacting website. So we have um, launched a new membership database. And so we're working with a new organization to have a more interactive member side to our database that creates a lot more engagement for members, uh, has easy access to our events and, and to sort of be a one-stop shop for what we have going on. And we look really forward to building that out and including the the parallel professions that also belong as members and, and as active associates of the Human Animal Bond Association. Because while it is veterinary-based right now, and we are all veterinary uh, close-knit individuals as memberships, there are so many individuals and professions that belong as part of this association and to be represented here. Laird, this is what I, I really was hoping we would get to. And the distinction between Habri and Habi is important because Habri, I mean, we all remember when that was founded. I mean, that was really to do research to prove the physical, emotional, well-being benefits of companion animal ownership, right? I mean, that was kind yeah. of what it was founded on. It was to do research. Yeah. Uh, the grants, I mean, it still gives out tons of grants, you know, so it's been hugely instrumental in sort of our shaping of the relationship between human animal, human, humans and animals. But Laird, you guys are now more into the education and outreach aspect. Is that sort of a, a way to frame it? Good, good summarization of, of what we're doing. Yeah. Um, Habri, the Human Animal Bond Research Institute, as you said, was founded for uh, to substantiate what we all kind of um, already knew, and that is that animals benefit our lives. Um, and we we love the work that they're doing, and we support and and love the work that any of our ancillary groups are in the human animal bond field are doing. So um, we do collaborate with them and and uh, work with them. But you're right; it's mostly mostly research. They also uh, work on the legislative side. Um, again, we support and honor that and, and appreciate that. But we are more, um, you know, I, I guess we're probably they they work a little bit maybe with um, with the public um, and and with government and research. We are we want to advance the understanding and importance of the human animal bond with uh, with everybody, but but especially within the veterinary profession. So we're working mostly with veterinarians. Uh, technicians and veterinary students. I would say probably the second to continuing education, um, our, our, our biggest uh, focus is on students. And uh, in fact, we, we offer complimentary memberships to uh, veterinary students and tech students, veterinary technician students. Um, kind of hoping to, you know, keep, keep students focused on why they fell in love with this profession. You know, they, they get into vet school and, and they got into vet school because of the human-animal bond. Um, they're going to have a job because of the human-animal bond because clients are willing to um, perform x-rays and CT scans and, you know, all the work that we do in practice because of the human-animal bond. But I think sometimes they, you know, it's easy, it's easy for practitioners to forget this in, in this task-oriented, time-constrained profession. But the same thing for students. They're just hammered with information 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 and i think sometimes it's easy to forget why we're why we're in this and what we're doing and i think that you you serve a really important you know sort of link between like a habri and the public or the pet owning public because you help to sort of distill that complex research at times into really just 
actionable messages. I mean, Becky, that's kind of what I see your role as. You, you need to take these very complicated messages that sometimes have you know lots of research behind them into something that says, hey, your blood pressure goes down when you pet your cat. <laughs> Are you sure? Because mine is currently crawling across my microphone and it's making my blood pressure go slightly up. She's she's looking for her moment on the show. But that's, I mean, it really is. We call it a whammy in my house when your cat curls up on, on, your, cat, on your lap and starts to purr um, and then you kind of just like breathe with them and then fall asleep and then you know you, you didn't get anything done all day because we call that a whammy in our house so okay. it's a hundred percent in fact I have to say as much as people are talking about separation anxiety concerns with their pets um, when life goes back to normal after you know the virus that would, shall not be named I personally <laughs> think people are yeah. going to go through yeah. this and and wish that they had pets to turn to in the middle of their day when they're in a Zoom call that's stressful or as soon as they you know, their boss chews them out or whatever. And then instead of, you know, having to go to the bathroom and cool down, you know, you go outside, you throw the ball to your dog. I think we're going to really miss that when yeah. we go back to work. And so I think it's really going to stand out. I think we're going to see more office pets popping up from this. I think that, you know, people are going to continue to enlist llamas for their Zoom calls. I think we're going to see, uh, you know, the addition and the importance you know, really manifest as people kind of have to come out of their shells and be away from their pets um, in general. And, you know, um, it's it's so much of like like Dr. Laird said, it's it's one thing when it's casual, you know, it's everything from casual to the work that we see in occupational therapy, the work we mm. see in hospitals yeah, with yeah. animals, the work we see in therapeutic riding programs with veterans. The, I mean, you give me a whole podcast to list off the places that we see the human-animal bond in effect, in life-saving effect on so many levels. And the idea that this association and this organization and the, the amazing, brilliant individuals that represent it, like Dr. Laird and the rest of the executive board, is such an honor, really, to say we're here to help just support that message, get that message out there, and, and maybe more than anything, just remind the professionals it's really why we do this. Like wow. every animal you're touching all day long, even if it's really, really trying your patience, it's somebody's baby. It's somebody's angel. It's the highlight of someone's day. And honestly, it's it's an honor to have that as a part of our our profession. Well, I love that. And you're right. We cannot over-remind ourselves of the power of the human-animal bond. Well, speaking of power, Laird, you are the new president of da, Habby. Da, da, da. And uh, it's a two-year term. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. So what? So maybe lay out your agenda. We, we have a lot of different people from AVMA to VMX. And so what do you see? What do you hope to accomplish over the next couple of years? Well, you know, I think everybody has their, their agenda and mine specifically. I want to increase the collaboration we're doing with, with other groups um, as a start. And um, I, I wanted to mention that we have uh, one of the things with Habri that we've done uh, and, and VMX is our, uh, many of our members uh, provided content for the human animal bond certification. Right. And we, we plan on continuing the, the certification course. We plan on continuing to do that. Um, I want to see our involvement with students grow. Right now, uh, you know, we offer a student scholarship to the veterinary students. Um, we have uh, six different schools that have human animal bond clubs that we help support and sponsor. I'd like to see more, more uh, clubs at, at uh, different universities. And I'd also like to offer a, a student scholarship to the veterinary nursing colleges, the tech students. Um, 
So that's something that I want to get going. And um, Becky and I are working together with the rest of the board to uh, have start a Human Animal Bond Speakers Bureau so that uh, there's kind of a clearinghouse when an organization or a group wants to have a speaker, uh, particularly in this space, that they can come to us and we can, we can offer that to them. So those, those are just a few of the things we want to do. Of course, all of this uh, requires sponsorship money. And I, I want to give a shout out to our, our current sponsors who are instrumental in helping us achieve the, the, what we're doing already and what we want to do in the future. And that's Zoetis, Elanco, uh, BCA Antec, and Nutramax, uh, along with Royal Canaan Mars. So uh, any, anybody in those companies listening, uh, thank you. Uh, we really appreciate your support. So Becky, what about you? I mean, obviously you're taking on an executive role as well. So what are some of your objectives and what do you hope to accomplish? Whatever Laird wants me to. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, no, be careful you what know, you say. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's 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 exactly that really. For me, uh, I think it is starting a habit at the student level. So um, I just believe that when we really instill our, our values as students, um, it becomes what we kind of grow into as veterinary professionals. And so being part of an organization like this at, at the student level, I think is essential. And, and honestly, we just really want to support the students. I want to see a lot more technician involvement in the Human Animal Bond Association, obviously, just because, um, you know, techs. Text right. rock. We need text right. everywhere. So, um, you know, and, and then obviously just making sure that I'm supporting the initiatives of this amazing group. Yeah. And maybe, maybe this is, you know, tooting my, our own horn a little bit, but you know, one of the things that we are very proud of is we were pioneers in this space. I mean, short of the Delta society, which is somewhere in the neighborhood of 40, 44 years old, yeah. Um, you know, we, we were founded 27 years ago, so really there weren't too many groups talking about the human animal bond. It's, it's very popular now. Um, everybody's on board. Everybody understands it uh, uh, to, a, to a large extent because of the work that was done by the Delta Society. They were the right. original ones doing the right. research right. And, and the work in this space. But, um, you know, we were talking about it and, and uh, trying to get veterinarians to understand the importance of this in their practices and, and with their clients. Uh, for a long time, and now we've, we're, we're we're also kind of expanding that to to talk about the human animal bond in terms of uh, being a, a a a voice for for all uh, groups in the in this. So you know we're not we're not just we're not just talking about what what everybody thinks about the the human animal bond. What do pets do for us? But um, taking a look at what do we do for pets or other animals and expanding that into different species. Uh, one of our recent CE offerings um, this last year was um, beekeeping, the human animal bond and beekeeping uh, because right. the human animal bond is really much more than just pets. Um, and, and we're next year we're, we're going to be talking, uh, we have a, a speaker uh, speaking on bats and timely because of that uh, virus, which shall not be named and other viruses. Right. Um, you know, we better better talk about bats too, because they're they're animals too. That's and right. The human animal bond is not just not just pets, um, not just horses. Um, so being a, an all inclusive voice is something that's that's important to us. Right, and and Laird, you know, obviously, I'll I'll turn slightly critical here. That's been one of the the biggest criticisms of people like me who are vegan, <laughs> excluded, or we're a little bit on the borderline of speciesism, right? Yep. Chose 
the dogs and the cats and the horses and the rabbits. And we really left out a lot of the animals that people eat. And so I would encourage you as you think forward over the next couple of years that you do see if there's a way to incorporate those ideals as well. You know, so I'm I'm always here as a resource or somebody that would help. But, you know, I, I think the more inclusive that you can be when we talk about the human animal bond, you know, we really do want to transcend just thinking about companion animal species, I think in this context, and really make sure that we're providing the ultimate welfare and compassion for all living beings. So just my little soapbox for a second. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate that 100%, Ernie. I think about it often, um, you know, and I it, and Becky is uh, is helping us along with one of our other board members um, get, uh, we're, we're going to be sharing Hal Herzog's blog. And mm-hmm. he's the one, one of my favorite books in, in this area. Some we love, some we hate, some we eat. Yep. And uh, just, uh, he's he's got a fantastic book out there that uh, looks at a lot of the, hey, why do we have this? Uh, <laughs> Well, you know, it's, it's, yeah, I've known Hal a long time. It's interesting. We do highlight him in in our latest book, The Clean Pet Food Revolution, but uh, it is funny because I think he's done a lot of good in that respect. But, you know, at the end of the day, we do have a slightly different uh, conclusions on the role of animals as food. But regardless, I think it's great to include people like Hal. There's a lot of other people. Dr. Mark Beckhoff would be another one from the human psychology world. I mean, there's a lot of resources out there that, that have given a lot of thought. Uh, to this and just again just expanding you know the the realm of possibility here i st- i still see the i still see you have a little vegan tab on your website becky so you can just click there and you can fill your needs there <laughs> no, can, you that, can you give me that tab that little tab so for all you crazy vegans out there click here and <laughs> no i think it's an important aspect and there is not any one area of the human animal bond that we want to right. leave out and that's exactly it right um it, it is a consideration it is an important consideration and it is something that we you know we need to include all perspectives and and like you said all species of animals um i, I loved that we did the bee talk i think yes, that that was yes. fantastic um you know, we shared a story on the human animal bond uh, Facebook page not too long ago about a veterinarian. And I wish I'm, I wish I did better research and was ready to answer this to tell you this. But um, where she was from and who she is. But she had an emergency tarantula surgery. OK. Wow. And like she is did not want to touch that spider, but she did what she needed to do. And they she called a friend. They got him under anesthesia. She sutured up his laceration and saved a little boy's tarantula. So like some we love know. some we yeah. hate some we eat right right you <laughs> like, never know right and that's and Laird, that's really the my only point there with that little uh, you know tangent it's just you know hey we never know right like right. personally not a big fan of tarantulas but I'm not no. going to go squash them you know unless they're like threatening me or something like that which you know so far several have <laughs> which no. if, if you know tarantulas they are not threatening they're not at all you know I, I did a tv show years ago and we had to cover not cover ourselves we had to hold them and yeah they, they were perfectly fine very prickly um but i must admit becky my blood pressure was probably a little elevated during that particular segment right that's not an animal we pet and lower our blood <laughs> right. pressure it does not apply to all species we need more <laughs> need more research laird maybe that's something you could talk to and, habry about you know again, <laughs> tarantula will- therapy <laughs> I will I will be the other side of that argument that uh, there are some people that would find great comfort and would be petting and right. lowering their blood yes. pressure you with are a tarantula. Right. So you are and that's right. what we need to and that's what we need to em- embrace and yes. understand. 
I could never do it. I could yeah, never do yeah. it. I try so hard. Well, Laird, I got to tell you, I, I just love the fact that you have landed there. I think you are the absolute right person at the right time. I couldn't be prouder of what you are doing. Uh, you've certainly, you know, just you've been a force within the profession for many, many years. And I think it's really great that you're now in a position to affect even greater change. So it's really been an honor and privilege to spend some time with you today and share your story with the viewfinders. Well, you're very kind, Ernie, and I appreciate your comments. And, um, you know, I can say this, the same for you. So um, it's, been, it's been my honor and privilege to be on the show and, and uh, catch up again. Well, I, I tell you, and remember, Becky has, she said, whatever you need, she is willing to do. And she only has 10,029 other responsibilities that I'm counting. So, you know, I, 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 I made did, a list. I graduated. So it's, it's 10,028. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Viewfinder family, make sure you reach out and congratulate Becky. She completed her degree. Uh, she had to have a virtual graduation, but her husband, the amazing Timmy, actually made one of those digital roadside what you, billboards. Uh, you know what? Actually, that would be my mom. What? Amazing no. friend of the show listener. Oh, I didn't know uh, that. Mom. mom hooked me up with the billboard because, um, because, because, well, for the same reason, my husband doesn't listen to the podcast and she does. But <laughs> <laughs> That is well, awesome. I'm sure Timmy thought about it, but you know, oh, mom, sure mom made it happen. So, but anyway, if you haven't seen it, she posted pictures on all of her social media. Becky, I, you know, obviously we were all super proud of you, but that was a really nice way to celebrate because you didn't get to do the traditional, you know, walking across the stage and stuff. So, I'm, yeah, I'm no, we, I had a wonderful day. It was wonderful. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm proud and grateful and, you know, education so important. You know, there's, there's, you know how I feel about it. So, um, and I, again, I'm super proud of this organization. Just make sure you guys, if you aren't already a, a member of the association, you check out our new and improved website at humananimalbond.net and be a member today. You can be any member of the veterinary team and and have a role. Wow, that is amazing. And Laird, before we leave today, any words of wisdom or advice for those veterinary technicians and veterinarians who are graduating right now in the middle of this mess? Any kind of, you know, bits of advice that you'd like to share? Only that, um, you know, when, when you're struggling and if, if you are struggling and we all certainly do at different times in our lives, um, you know, do what comes natural, reach down, uh, pet your dog, hug your cat. Um, cat might not like it, but, but do it anyways. And, uh, take comfort in that in that special relationship you have with your pets. And that is the power of the human-animal bond. No matter how bad things are around you, there's somebody nestled at your feet or in your lap who can bring you great joy and happiness. So take, take a little pride in that and be happy for that. Well, Viewfinder family, you've heard all about the Human-Animal Bond Institute Association. Go visit them online. Sign up. They've got some amazing programs rolling out. Becky is going to be doing incredible messaging all over social media. So make sure you like and give it a thumbs up in all of your social media platforms. If you like this particular podcast, how about doing us a favor, giving us a thumbs up, share it with your colleagues and don't forget to subscribe that's right leave us a five star and a couple words of review it helps our colleagues find us and yes you can make sure you click to subscribe so you don't miss one great episode of the veterinary viewfinder until next time bye 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 excellent we did it we are all bonded yay nice i'm nice. serious my cat I heard it. You really I heard really it. You know I'll do it too. There, I no, not in my vocabulary. What do you mean? <laughs>
<laughs> <laughs> All right, Bring well, I'm going to hit stop then.